Who would be a Wolves fan, eh? On goes Paul. People might yet win it here for Wolves. Flash in the shot. Hello, 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 and welcome to today's episode of Wolves Fancast, part of the 19 million <laughs> network. Uh, joining me today, we've got dogs, we've got Tom, we've got Andy. Um, <laughs> that's exactly how we want to show it. I mean, I j- let you in behind the curtains. I literally said about two minutes before recording, you can't hear my washing machine, can you guys? Um, so it's that sort of slick run operation that keeps literally tens of you tuning in every week. Um <laughs> Unfortunately, guys, we are here to talk about another defeat, although it was a spirited one, I'd like to say, um, because we weren't we weren't awful, which I know isn't a baseline, but let, let's get right into it, guys. We are obviously going to talk about the Arsenal game, we're going to talk about a bit about the World Cup, because now we don't have a game for six weeks, and also revisit some of our pre-season predictions as well to see how we've fared so far. So, uh, Tom, I think the biggest news with a starting lineup was a shift in formation and back to the, I guess, the tried and trusted five at the back. What were your kind of thoughts when the team news was dropped? Uh, I wasn't against it, to be honest. I think if we'd have played four and played how we've been playing, we'd have got battered. So I was all for a bit of change, just something a bit different. Um, Arsenal would have prepared for, for four at the back, I suppose. And, yeah, why not? Nothing to lose. Um, yeah, yeah, I wasn't against it. I didn't mind Toti being back in um, the front two, which was again was a bit different because we're getting absolutely nothing from out wide. Um, I was a bit disappointed Nunes wasn't fit to start or potentially fit to start. Whether he had you know one eye on the World Cup, I'm not sure. But um, yeah, yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't too nonplussed by it. I thought it was all right. Yeah, Andy, how, how about yourself? I mean, I guess for. Five of the backs, a big thing around walls. It's going to be for a while until we can, well, frankly, play the back four, isn't it? So there's always going to be talk about, oh, we need, should we play in a four or five or however you look at it? Um, but it did feel a little bit more right, would you say? It, yeah, it absolutely did. I mean, going into the Arsenal game, the form they've been in. I felt like we needed an extra centre-half and I felt like we needed an extra man in the middle. So it, it made sense to go 5-3-2, to be perfectly honest. I think it was the right decision to make. It, it does feel like it's a bit of a, a millstone, doesn't it, though, for Wolves? Mm. Um, I'm almost surprised we haven't gone back to this a little bit earlier in the day. It makes me wonder how much... Uh, Lopetegui has had, maybe he's had a word, I don't know, because he has persisted with a four, even at times where you think, you know, we could possibly do with that extra man at the back. Yeah, because even in, say, this run of games under Davis, it, we very much kept a 4 3 3. There's been no real deviation of it, regardless of suspensions, injuries. It's, it's very much been set, whereas this almost felt like kind of a throwback. Uh, to last season, didn't mm-hmm. it? And it yeah, Tom, you, you're completely right. My heart slightly sank. It was going to sink, whatever, like whatever the options. But when, like, and we'll, we'll talk about Guedes and the Dharma 
uh, later on. But it doesn't didn't necessarily inspire a lot of hope because they're literally the only two options we we had, really. Because Swang was wasn't in the squad at all. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, no natural striker. It doesn't. Let's face it. It does not matter what we do up there. We're pretty blunt um, without a, a number nine. So do what you want. It doesn't matter. Just throw. It's one of those dartboard things, and it it doesn't make any difference. Just chuck a load of players up there and see what happens because nothing else is working. Um, so so that that's how depressing it is at the moment. Yeah, and I don't want to sound too too savage against either of them because I definitely think you know. Guedes had some really strong highlights in the game. Um, but it does almost feel like a bit of a tombola selection in terms of who's going to be up front because you're right, it almost doesn't matter because none of them do what's needed. And there, there were points in, in, in the game itself, guys, weren't there, where we we looked tidy. Like, it wasn't just a complete backs to the wall scrapping it you know we moved the ball really nicely when we could obviously we're playing a bit defensively but we were looking really strong um really strong on the counter-attack and particularly in the first half there was about three or four really really solid breaks where on another day we, we could have been challenging for um challenging them maybe creating a goal scoring opportunity a bit of a clear cut one if we actually had a striker yeah, I think the, the lack of a striker was very telling, just playing two midfielders up front. That, that, that's all they were, really, wasn't it? It was just midfielders and defenders on the pitch for us. Um, I think we definitely did the right thing, though, in not meeting them too high up the pitch. I know mm. the fans were getting a bit antsy about, you know, the, the whole getting to them, fuck them off, chance and all that. But ultimately, I feel that by not meeting them until they came into our half, we allowed us to try and play on the counter a lot better. Um, some of those balls that were coming across the top, so Adama could run onto it or Guedes could get onto it, I thought that was definitely the only way we were going to get anything out of this game. If you go toe-to-toe with Arsenal, they will tear you apart, which is what they did in the second half when things changed a little bit. Yeah, I think one of the things that particularly impressed me was, yeah, obviously we, we were playing that extra 10 yards further back and having an additional player in the defensive third at the back. But it's when we got those balls in tight areas, um, particularly in the first half, we actually kept it, um, particularly Bueno, who has been sort of a bit of a shining light under Davis, um, but you wouldn't necessarily attribute him with the defensive side of the game. But there was a point where I think he had more tackles than most of the other Wolves players combined at one point, but he just kept the ball so diligently and not doing anything stupid with it. I thought there was a real maturity and a real game plan with a lot of those players um, today, and not just uh, not just Bueno. He marshaled Saka really well. Saka's mm. a good player. He's mm. a good player, and he marshaled him really well. I don't think it's a coincidence that fullbacks suddenly look a lot better when they've got a defender, another defender behind them. When we're playing in a three, I don't think that's a coincidence, to be honest. But no. credit where credit's due, individually they did well. That storming run in the first half down the line, mm. re- re- really good. Um, and Samedo, to be fair to me, he's had a bad season, but um, he was getting forward quite well. I think two, two or three of our counters came from from him sprinting out of the back as well. Um, and, and he's a wing-back, he's not a full-back, I don't think. Um, I know there's that debate before, but I, mean, doesn't, I know his numbers aren't great going forward, but he looks a lot better defensively when he's a wing-back, if that makes, yeah. that makes sense. 
I think it's interesting with, with the back five, how many, obviously the additional player in there gives pretty much all of those players better safety in numbers. And it almost doesn't matter if you're the wing back or you're the centre half in that situation. Having that extra protection just seems to give them so much more security. I mean, you look at like Toti Gomez as well, who I thought had a really strong game as well. Um, and mm. you, you're right in the same way. Bueno looks better defensively. So did he because he had Bueno one side of him, so he wasn't getting sucked into a channel too much. And he had Kilman the other side of him as well. Um, one of our best breaks, I guess, was within the first couple of minutes. And I think for a lot of us, we sort of missed it. But in hindsight, this was a real sliding doors moment um, in the game. And it was it's a bit of a two-parter. In, in terms of the incident, it's the Guedes offside slash penalty decision. So uh, to, to kind of give it a breakdown for people who haven't watched it, because, of course, you'd be tuning into us if you've not seen the game, of course. As, essentially, he was played um, through in the middle of the park by um, Buba Traore, who I think had a fantastic game. I, I, I love him. I love him. But I, I, yeah. I'm... I'm, I'll die I'm with you on that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just, my, just absolutely my sort of player. I love him. Um, but he was initially flagged for late offside, despite the fact it appears that he was behind the ball. So, don't know quite how he could be offside. And then he was bundled over incredibly clumsily in the box, very clearly um, by the last man in my opinion, denying a goal-scoring opportunity. He kind of got brushed away in real time. I think it was only at half-time when, you know, most of us were going to get his confronts for Sky Sports Twitter replays. We realised that there were two really shocking decisions. It's, like, it's just absolute stonewaller. Yeah. It's an absolute... And I don't get the... I still don't get the the explanation from, from VAR either. There's no way they looked at that because that start the play started within... 20 seconds maybe you yeah. know what it's like with VAR especially with close ones it takes you know two three minutes at the best of times I, I think that, what that it is, it's to do with the fact that the offside was given so if the lines were never flagged for it it would most likely would have gone down as a penalty but because he calls it that effectively becomes dead play but what is the point in having VAR if not to correct these quite frankly, clear and obvious errors within the game. I mean, on the, the first visual that you put up, Rich, you could see that the linesman was a good two, three yards behind yeah. the bag. It yeah. was just a clear fucking guesswork. He hasn't got a clue whether or not anyone's onside or offside there. He's just put it up just because, because you know, he gets paid to do something, so I may as well do it. Yeah, we, we live in an age where we literally have this technology where, uh, to be fair, I remember the attack um, and, you know, we, we broke at a really good pace. Like, it, it wasn't, it's not necessarily the linesman's fault he was a yard behind the play because of how we broke. But just don't raise your flag. Mm-hmm. It, you know, you've got to be sure. Enough, doesn't it? You've got to be sure. Ha- yes, but all that will happen is in that instant that. He doesn't. He keeps his flag down. He's, you know, starts saying into refs, "It's tight." VAR, we're going to check it anyway. They'll check the penalty and then check it. I, I don't understand why it has to be. Ah, well, 
it's dead because we thought he could have been offside rather than the major incident in the play the critical point isn't the offside that's not the thing that's defining that phase of play it's the potential penalty and to not just go well hang on let's review the penalty incident do we think it's a penalty yes or no i don't know frankly how stuart atwell missed it in the first place Mm -hmm. it's pathetic it's not like it's not like the ball's kind of carried away from him or anything he's just clipped him by the back of the hills and just bundled into him and you know, I've watched enough clumsy Wolves defenders in my time and I just can't get my head around it and then go, well, you know what, actually, if he's, if he, if, you know, penalty, but it's going to be dependent on if he's onside or not, rather than, mm-hmm. well, it doesn't matter because of something that happened 30 yards, which we still got wrong. And it, the, the dead play argument, I don't get because he put his no. flag up miles after the actual foul. It, was, so it wasn't it's, straight it's, away. It was. It was really live. Like the play was live when the foul happened. So I don't yeah, get yeah. that dead play bollocks. That's rubbish. Uh, and, they and, just, and they're, yeah. they're saying that you know they can play on. Oh, but in case it's a goal, is a penalty not almost equal to a goal anyway? What's the yeah. why do you make a, mm-hmm. you know the difference between what's the difference in one and the other? A penalty is almost as good as a goal, or it's yeah. What point nine is it on? Uh, XG. So I don't, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't get any argument that's been put forward for it. There's absolutely no debate that it's a foul first and foremost. We've we've got done on that one. That was a joke. Yeah, I think, but it didn't it sounds bonkers? But it didn't really feel like it at the time. It just felt like oh, he's offside. And even you know, looking back, watching the game back in real time, it wasn't like Sky Sports flagged it. Uh, uh, you know, in, in the eighth minute from the, whatever minute it was. It kind of just went, oh, he's offside. Oh, it looks a bit tight. Anyway, game's moved on and blah, blah, blah. And you say, it's frustrating that two lines of officiating. I can, you know, the the on-field referee and, 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 you know, Dino on VAR is a really shocking decision in hindsight. And I'm not saying it came to bite us on the arse, (coughs) but it, it... it was a real sliding doors moment for us because we did struggle to create chances as we've kind of alluded to, you know, we weren't playing with a striker, but we did give it our best go. And I thought Guedes rather frustratingly seems to be picking up a bit of form. Now we go into a six week break, um, <laughs> but he looked, he looked really sharp and I say the player most likely to do something, which I, I've, I've been really critical of him on here recently in terms of you know he looks like a bit of a ghost whereas i can still see why people criticize him but i thought he had a really good game yesterday yep completely agree um a lot of the people around me were pissing and moaning about him because he's it's the way he looks when something doesn't go his way it's shoulders down and but to be perfectly honest i don't really give a shit about that i want you to pick the ball up and run with it and that's that's your job the way you look doing it, you don't need to smile and be happy. Like it's not really interesting. But I do know that fans do care about that kind of thing. Um, it, it's it's frustrating though because he was, you know, far and away our only hope of getting a goal. He looked so much better than anyone else when it came to it. And I know that Stu has moaned quite a few times that the problem with Geddes is we haven't played him in his position because where he was most successful at Valencia was as this shadow striker second striker 
And you could see yesterday, if he was up top with someone who was like an actual number nine, I think he could really get some, really get something out of Geddes. I think he, he looked like he was just missing someone alongside him and not Adama Traore, who ran around like a headless chicken, to be perfectly honest again. Yeah, I mean, uh, I was going to say with with Adama, that there was about three occasions, pretty much all in the first half, where he just tried to just run through a small box of yeah. Arsenal players. Yeah. And it was the he most... never had the ball in possession either. He kept no. trying to do it without any control of the ball. Yeah, pathetic. Yeah, and it was just so frustrating. And I can see why people have made sort of shouts for Guedes to be a second striker, as it were, because there were points in where, like, some of the positions it was taken up, it was like, that's fantastic. If only there was someone, like, you know, on the penalty spot. Mm. And the amount of times in that game where it was just like, hey, if we actually had, like, someone half-competent up front, we could make it really interesting for Arsenal. Yeah, definitely. It sums it up at the end. There was, it was a point and we're jumping right to the end. It sums it right at the end for me. Like, I think it was a... They gave the ball away. It was really late on. I think it was nearly added time. They gave the ball away. It was three on two. He didn't even draw... He didn't draw his man and then he played it behind Pedenza. Pedenza had to check his run and hit it at mm. the goal. And that... I mean, that's our attack in a nutshell, generally. And Adam is just obviously the... Yeah, the, the the most obvious, you know, um, sight of that almost. Um, yeah, there's just no fluency up top, and yeah, obviously he's the, he's probably the worst worst culprit. He's the type of player who you want to maybe bring on when you're trying to hold on, hold on to the game and get further up the pitch because that's all he's good at. Yeah, he, just, he, he can just get you, you know he can get you like fifty yards up the pitch almost like a, like a running back in the NFL because you, you can't expect any productivity mm. from him whatsoever. Um, it's just, it's just gone. You know, literally, there's no point. You know, he's like get off your seat type player, but is he? Because you know what's going to happen at the end of it. Yeah, I think I saw an interesting tweet yesterday. I think it was from a um, friend of the show, Dan Butler, saying, "Is there any part of Adama's game that he's improved in four seasons at Wolves?" Because it's the exact opposite, he, isn't it? He, it's gone backwards. Yeah, yeah, he's basically the exact same player, but the league slash opposition are cottoning on to some ways to deal with him mm. and it's incredibly frustrating when you look at it like that but again with Guedes one of the things I think Andy I, I noticed he's right he doesn't seem like he ever really gets angry and I think he, that's, looks... I think he doesn't he just looks like a little bit not unemotional just a bit meh about it melancholy yeah, disinterested almost yeah. rather than and yeah i was gonna say i've used the word melancholy and i'm now going to use juxtaposition um <laughs> i feel like um I, I i'm reaching out to a certain brand of person here <laughs> so apologies but i think like let's say you compare it to the end of the game when bueno got booked for descent and part, I'm not gonna lie, part of me loved that because it was a soft free kick. It was out of frustration, and the ball was just sitting there. And he just goes, oh, "Fuck it," and just levers it. <laughs> I've almost got a level of respect for you know he's gonna get you know he's yeah. gonna get booked for it, but he's just so annoyed. He's just it's all, in my in my head. Bueno, he's got two options in that heat at the moment. He either kicks the ball or he kicks the player he's fouled, mm-hmm. and. The, the better option of the two is the ball. So, you know, I think he's gone in the right direction, in my opinion, on, on that one. But, yeah, Guedes, rather frustratingly, is finding a bit of form just as we have a break. But 
he he was a bit of a shining light for me in terms of um, another player again we joked about it before um, a bit but um, Babacu Traore mm. just how refreshing right. is it how refreshing is it to see a midfielder who's just different to what we've had the last four seasons it's what we've so, so much grey yeah, yeah really it, it eats up the play. yards it just absolutely eats up the yards whether it's pressing or, or even carrying the ball forward I mean like you said on that Geddes one uh, the offside one it was him out wide um, you know, it, it, I I'll put good money on him getting two yellows at some point this season. Oh yeah, um, he loves a late tackle, or he presses so fast that if the guy's just spun it around him, he's done. <laughs> he's got nothing. Um, but I'd, again, do, I, do we mind that too much? No. I think we're 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 too nice. I think yeah, centre half some that for me. We're just too nice. Um, so it's nice to have a little bit of bite in there, and like I say, just some energy, just some legs. It's yeah. just good to see. Mm. And yeah. he nearly recreated his goal in midweek as well, which I quite liked. And I'm sort of hoping that becomes a bit like a special move, Andy. Where just like, he just... Because <laughs> again, it's... 15 and yeah. Yeah, and my, my my thought process and a lot of the comparisons have been made to him and then Donka. And don't get me wrong, Donk, you know, loved him. He's moved on now, I was going to say, to a better place, but to another place. Mm. And seems to be thriving. But... He's, he just gives us what we that bit of energy that you miss from Dendonka. And he's ironically getting in those same positions as Dendonka in terms of like that right hand side of the pitch near the edge of a box. But I can't imagine Dendonka trying to whip one in, you know, try and bend one no. in the far post in the same way. Um, so, again, a, a bright spot in the last six weeks. In my opinion, he's been fantastic. And I know they say you should never fall in love with a lone player, but I think everyone has around the Molyneux. Like, if God forbid he doesn't sign for us in, in, you know, in the summer, I think there'll be some like genuinely sad people around the club. He he seems quite an infectious dude. And you could see when he scored his goal that Mm. everyone, everyone within the club seemed to be as happy for him as he was having actually scored it himself. I would say a, a midfield counterpart who did struggle, um, and Christopher Rogers on our YouTube page. Um, big thanks to everyone who's watching live and on repeat, um, on demand. Uh, we want to view it. it. Says Matino was poor yesterday. Again, the 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 other end of the spectrum is Matino seems to have really struggled this season, as have many. But those those legs seem to be aging quite a lot at alarming rates sadly at the moment aren't they yeah he's every every day he's 35 years or whatever he is at this point he's um he's not the the, the force he was even six months ago let alone mm. you know two three years yes yeah, it's, it's a shame really we, we you know we all love him let's face it he's he's he doesn't know as anything he's been brilliant one of the best players i've seen in the wall shirt but what if you like sat back now, what does he offer you on the pitch now? I'd hard, find it hard to pick anything. It keeps the ball moving a little bit, but if you're in a relegation dogfight, you don't need, you don't want or need that. You got to have something mm. a bit different. And I think he's the he's the odd one out. If we're going to depend on for what formation uh, Lopetegui plays, he's he's the one that misses out. And it, very much so. And considering the form of Nevis this season, the form of Troyore this season and hopefully Nunes coming back injury free 
that feels like such a more balanced lineup and gives you so much more dynamism while still giving you, you say, the ball protection, the defensive protection as well. It does sort of feel like it's slowly and slowly coming coming to an end, which will be a shame because he is legitimately one of the greatest players to ever wear wool shirt. And it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, yeah. not like yeah. you're saying. Um, in terms of chances Wolves had, I was trying to rack my head around this because it felt like we had a couple of really fantastic breaks, but we it felt like a game of half chances, whereas Arsenal pretty consistently were creating good, good solid chances, whether they were, they were offside, because um, I know they got the offside one, and they hit the crossbar as well. Um, it did feel like a lot of our chances didn't ever really threaten. And I think it sort of showed very much by our shots on targets um, by, by the end of the game, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, just roll back any other pod from any other game and we'll be saying exactly <laughs> the same thing. It's just we can't create good chances. Yeah. It's just fact. Oh. It's, it's, and that's that's his biggest... Um, that's the, the thing he's got to work on the most, isn't it, over this six weeks, trying to get this team to fashion decent chances. Pick the right pass, have a strategy to our build up other than just counter attacking. Um, it's it's the bit, it's the thing that will keep us up or or send us down ultimately. Unfortunately, yeah. It, it, you know, sorry, Rich. I was gonna say it felt very much like right at the start of the season. You know, when we was playing quite well, quite decent football, but mm. all of our chances were coming from 18, 20, 25 yards. That's sort of what it felt like yesterday. We never really got into the box to create anything. No. And that's why Ramsdale ended up having a pretty easy night of it, I think. Yeah, I think for, from my recollection, he had maybe two shots properly on target. He had the free kick, um, which again was from quite a difficult position to score from anywhere. And I think Podence had a chance quite late on, which went pretty much down the barrel as well. And it was so unfortunate because obviously we'd held out until half time and more than held our own in my opinion um and then it kind of did the wheels did slightly come off particularly after the first goal which was frustrating because how preventable do you think it was i mean tom you're you're saying about our defenders get a bit of push over a lot of the time do you think collins in particular should have done a bit of better tracking on the first goal maybe yeah it's collins's fault i think uh, unfortunately, I don't think he had a terrible game. Um, I just think his confidence is just shot. Um, yeah, he's, 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 I think he's, he's too square, isn't he? And he just lets his man go, and that was it. Then it was curtains. Um, yeah, I don't think anyone else could have really done too much, really. He's whipped across the face really quickly. Um, you could maybe pin it on one of the midfielders to pick up Odengard, maybe. But yeah, it's... it's um, the only error there for me is Collins. I think as soon as the errors broke the line there it, it. it's pretty much game over and, and to be fair you look at it from an Arsenal point of view it's a fantastically crafty goal in terms of the movement and the, the flick over the top to get it to the Vieira and uh, a lot of the commentators were very much lauding Vieira's clip across and actually being able to cut Sar out of the game um, and let's say a ball across a six-yard box, it's it's only going to win one way, unfortunately, with all our players running towards mm-hmm. it. And it, it, it was frustrating because the, the brutal fact of the matter is we don't score goals. So as soon as we'd conceded one, it was, might as well head home mm-hmm. in a way. But yeah. 
we yeah. we we did still try, and I think we still pers- very much persevered when the second one came, and, and it, it was unfortunate in a way because um, it was on. Um, I'm going to butcher the pronunciation now, and I was trying all day. Um, Lembasika. Close. Lembakisa, is it? Lembakisa, yeah. There we go. Um, arguably at fault in terms of. No, no, I feel too. I feel far too critical for someone who's, you know, literally making his Premier League debut. But just that awareness, just to make sure you clear your lines, and then no one quite knew what to do. Collins arguably could have done a bit more in terms of blocking it, and then. We just could not clear our lines again, unfortunately, for the for the second goal. Mm, but I think one thing, though, and, and this counts for the first goal as well, if you watched Arsenal in their warm-up, that was exactly the kind of stuff they were doing, trying to overload down the flanks and get it into the middle. And their movement, whilst it was brilliant, it was rehearsed. Yeah, They knew what they were doing, yeah. and we never got to grips with that. And like the amount of times I've watched us in our warm-up, I've said this time and again to the bloke next to me, you see the warm-up, they do this thing where they pass it to the one coach, then they pass it to the goalkeeping coach, then they shoot. They do that every time, and I've never seen us do that in a <laughs> Never yeah. seen us do it once. So I think, well, why are they training that? But when you look at when Arsenal train, and then they actually do it on the pitch, it's just a world of difference. Specifically for the second goal, though, mm-hmm. I said this in the group chat last night. The problem wasn't, I don't think, the defence as such. It was the fact that we then overloaded on the attackers. By the time the second goal had come on, we only had Neves and Traore in the middle, and we were overrunning in the middle of the park. So, to be perfectly honest, it was Steve Davis's fault, no one else's. He, he's the one who fucked that up by making those substitutions. Yeah, and... and- Part of me feels a bit sorry for him because he's between a rock and a hard place. Because I, I've lambasted him saying we're not, we ain't scoring goals. So you one nil down at home. We ain't got a game for six weeks. We need something from it. We're bottom of the pissing league at the moment. So he, he must turn around and look at that bench. Go, where's my goal coming from? But at the same time, you, you're right. As soon as it felt very disjointed after we made those subs and we any of the control that we did have with the formation seemed to go seemed to be lost. You could argue Arsenal stepped it up a gear, but I think they were very measured throughout the game. But we didn't help ourselves in that situation, unfortunately. Um and you just gotta hope that I was gonna say after Christmas, um, as it were, that that things do improve from that point mm. of view. But it did kind of feel that this was a bit of a different kind of performance. And I don't think we deserved a draw, if I'm going to be brutally honest. I think Arsenal were worthy of the win, chiefly because we didn't necessarily create enough. But we definitely looked a lot better than we have to, than we did, let's say, in the end of days under Bruno, would you say? I'd say so. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, again, the banking same drum again and again and again. Obviously, up front is just mm. it just needs some serious serious work. But there are positives, like we said. Guedes seems to be performing pretty well. I think Traoré looks like a real find. Bueno um, looks looks great, and I think he'll, they'll they'll do well to to dislodge him. Um, 
so there are there are there are positives there where it was the end of the West Ham game, to be honest, there wasn't many at all. Um no. so I think there is something there to, to work on. I mean touch on this, I've just got to make this one point. The fitness of our full backs is fucking shite. Yes. It's it's <laughs> it's genuinely embarrassing. Can you, I can't remember the last time one of them got through ninety minutes. Yeah. They always get subbed. Right eight Nori, Johnny, Samedo, they cannot get through ninety minutes. It's an absolute joke. And I know Bruno made the point last season about he's always making a sub at fullback. Mm. I mean, what's I don't I don't I don't get it. And you've got Bueno, who's a kid, and you know he's playing every game. He's playing ninety minutes, and I guarantee he covers more ground than they've covered in, in each game this season. He was he's sprinting yeah. for everything right until the final minute, and none of them can they, they either pull up or they have a tweak or they get cramp or it's just that that needs looking at. If we're not going to replace them, their fitness needs serious work. And luckily, they're not going to the they're not going to the World Cup, are they? So I just run them into the ground for a couple of weeks. Is the yeah. first thing I'd do. I think that I made a point last week on the pod that if I was Lopetegui, the first thing I'd be doing is just making sure those players are fit because they they simply are not. We pick up far too many like injuries. We pick up, you know, say ain't Norris a bastard for it? He's getting cramp. And with respect, you shouldn't be getting cramped in the middle of a league game. Like no. I understand it in like FA Cup semi final, it's gone into extra time. Yeah, fair, fair, fair enough. But you're right. Just it doesn't feel. I don't have the stats to back it up, and this is where we get massively proven wrong. But you know they cover awful lots of ground. You know, particularly when you look at. You know, the likes of Johnny sometimes. I know he, he, he was injured as well. Even Samedo. But it's not like they're getting to the byline no. every every, every no, five minutes. No. And it's really indicative because we, compared to, let's say, De Nuno, or even Parts and De Bruno, those were real assets for us in terms of stretching and being the, um, you know, being that additional forward player and allowing our inside forwards to actually come inside because we had the the pace and the dynamism on the wings fire our wing backs whereas now they almost seem to be a bit too scared to go forward but not good enough defensively to actually stay back and we're not good enough to be able to contribute it so it, it's definitely an area that I think we need to look to improve upon fitness in general but I think the fullbacks need to offer more um, uh, overall I'm scared to do it because, well, it looks horrible. Um, but the league table, so yes, we will be bottom at Christmas. Um, 10 points from 15 games. We are four points off um, the bottom, well, 17th, as it were. I don't think all hope's lost, though, yet. Um, I'm still I'm still hanging in there in terms of that there's definitely three worst teams from Wolves so long as we can actually work out what we're doing in terms of finding a striker. I think so. I'm a lot more optimistic than I was uh, pre-Lopetegui appointment. If we mm. Pre-Lopetegui, I thought it was nailed on if we didn't get a, high, a decent manager. Um, so I'm a bit more optimistic. I did a little bit before I came on. I've only done it to 14 games, so annoyingly. But our, at the back end of 14 games last season... We only got 11 points. So we're only That's one point so better bad. off than what we've got from our first, you know, for sort of 15 now, let's say. Mm. 14 games into last season, Newcastle had seven points and no wins. 
And so Newcastle finished eleventh last season with forty nine points. Bear in mind they had four, they had seven points after fourteen games, and we finished tenth on fifty one points, and that was eleven points out of our last fourteen games. And that so that gives me hope. You know, I know you could say Newcastle signed a few players, but for me they only signed two top quality players. Um, and you know a few average players, and we, from my opinion, we had a stronger base now than what they had back then. Um, and that eleven eleven points we had was with was with a striker, albeit one that was bang out of form. But we had a striker, and we haven't had one this so far this season. So I think there's 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 still hope for me. It's only four points off Everton, and Everton are shite. So yeah, uh, I do sort of agree with you there, Tom. Um... It is it's frustrating as fuck because you look at the team and, and no football isn't played on paper, but I would back the, our team against almost everybody in this league bar the top six or seven. There's no one that I would really fear on our day, but our day has been so fucking sporadic for the last 18 months yeah. that like relegation is a, a genuine possibility here. And, and I, I know you didn't say it wasn't, but... It is something that obviously Lopetegui is going to have to think long and hard about progressing this team forward in January. And I would hope that Foson had, you know, that they've brought him in with the promise of, of spending some money like Newcastle did. And I think that's the only way we're going to get out of this is bringing in a good sort of three, four quality players. Yeah, we'll going to take a short break guys because we're kind of bowling on to the next segment of the show to be honest and so we're <laughs> going to take a short break quick word from sponsors and talk about a little bit about Lopetegui World Cup and review our fancast predictions we'll catch you in a second guys <laughs> Gully from Wolves Fancast here, and just like all of you long-suffering Wolves fans, I know exactly what it feels like to be lacking a creative spark here, some outside-of-the-box thinking there, but our sponsors Pixel Yeti Media are here to help. They're a creative agency that cover all of your web design, branding and marketing needs, with our very own WolvesFancast.com, a fine example of their work. So much so that I hear Jeff Shee is looking to do a deal this summer. For now, it's back to the team to ask just where the Diogo Jota money is gone. We may have just had our answer. Hello, welcome back, everybody. Um, as we've kind of talked a lot about Lopetegui, but he is now in Wolverhampton. And my first question to you guys is, what local haunts do you think he's already checked out? He's definitely been to the Gifford, surely. <laughs> <laughs> do, you think, do you think he's already been on the throne? It, it's a rite of passage, isn't it? Like everyone's got to sit on there. <laughs> Even you've sat on there, Rich. So I yeah, have, I yes, think I he's have. definitely done it. Yeah. yeah pen, pen tandoori, do we reckon? Not for curry first night. <laughs> yeah. Why I was going to say, I, I, I could imagine them being um, Fume already. <laughs> so of course. Yeah. He's got a gone there for a spot of lunch, I can imagine. But no, he, he is. Is he technically now Wolves manager or is it officially tomorrow? Um, I think it's tomorrow, isn't it? Is it the 14th, the Monday? Yeah. Um, but he, you know, it was interesting sort of seeing him, A, on the pitch on Saturday, but him kind of going around the club, I think it was on Friday, um, introducing himself to everyone. And I don't know, A, this might be a bit revisionist of me, but he does seem to carry himself with a different kind of authority to what 
Bruno Large did in terms of how he's kind of acting with some of the players, partly because he might know them from different areas. Obviously, he's worked with Nevis previously, and that was quite a, a nice little moment caught on camera, I thought, seeing them two together. Um, mm. Yeah, definitely carries himself quite well, I think. 100%. You could tell he's the boss. Mm. As soon as he walked in that building, he was boss, like straight away. It sums up for me the the, the Steve Davis uh, thing. It was about a 30 second, 40 second clip. And bear in mind, Davis is the acting manager of Wolves at the time. And it looked like a TA being spoken to by a guy from Ofsted. Like, he just <laughs> looks like the boss. And Davis was like, oh, you know, he looked like a little frightened frog. And I got nothing but respect for Davis. Um, but you could just tell he was, he was like authoritative with, with respect um, as well. And he seems to really, I don't know, he seems to want to really try and build relationships with the players. There's a little bit with Hodge that he was talking about, you know, and he's only like a youth team player. Oh, fantastic performance mm-hmm. last night. You're getting ready for the game, you know, little bits like that, which I thought was good. Um, yeah, I, I like I like it already. I thought even him coming out before the match yesterday and doing a lap of honour. Yeah. Like, I mean, that, that takes time. some bollocks, that does. Just They'll just wave, <laughs> maybe walk to the halfway line. That's about it. Yeah. But no, no, he's like, no, fuck this. I'm walking around the whole of the Molyneux and you're all going to see my face. When, think, yeah, fair play to him. I was going to say, when was the last time we had a manager introducing themselves on the pitch? In my head, was it Glenn Hoddle? Because I don't know if we did it with Saunders. It, yeah. it could have been. Yeah. You know, we're talking so about like he came in the back door and then first game was an away game, if I remember rightly. Yeah. So, yeah. Like, you know, we're talking managers in recent years who have, let's say, joined mid mid season. We didn't do it with Lambert. I know that much. Um, say before that, Jacket joined at the start of the season. Saunders, I don't remember it happening, mm. but I've got a very vivid memory of something similar happening with. Glenn Hoddle. Um, hopefully, it turns out Terry Connor got announced and gave a little wave. I yeah. seem to remember as cringy as it was. He, he was always he was internal anyway, wasn't he? So yeah. We all knew he... yeah. <laughs> the new but, manager. Yeah, I, I can imagine Terry Connor probably shat himself at that. To be honest, <laughs> <laughs> it is. Oh shit! <laughs> but yeah, I, I know. Like, I mean, it's first impressions, and you know. Everything's edited, edited, blah blah blah. But he does seem to, you say, he is the boss, and yeah, you know, I, I was impressed by it. And don't get me wrong, he's got a lot of work to do, and fingers crossed, either you know, we can get in a striker. Um, you know, a, a lot of the people on our YouTube comments saying, yeah, he won't have come here if he hasn't got money. Um, he won't have come if you know we've not been promised to, you know, bring people in. Um, you know, on loan or anything like that. So hopefully, fingers crossed, um, there's people lined up. No, we were linked with, um, I believe, is it Real Madrid? Um, yeah. the, um, Mar- Mariano, Mariano Diaz for yeah. 30 million. So I don't know whether that's kind of putting two and two together and get, you know, coming out five. I'd be interested to see if a club could do anything, anything to get back Fabio Silva, personally. Um, I know... I can't remember, Andy, which side of the fence you fall on in terms of whether you'd recall him early or let him just have this full pre-season, regardless of Wolves' predicament. It's, I mean, 
Part of me says like leave him there because he's getting minutes, he's playing well, and he seems to be mostly happy other than his outburst the other day. Um, but at the same time, I think I'd rather see him here doing it. It's a tough one. Like, what do you do? Is it for the players' development or is it for the club's benefit? If he's just going to come here and warm the bench, there's no point in bringing him back. So I'm going to stay on the fence, to be perfectly honest with you. <laughs> Killing me. Tom, how about you? Um, I think I think we'll utilise the loan market a little bit more. Um, I don't think you're bringing a technical director, and he is a technical director, this guy. I don't care what they've <laughs> dressed him up as. He's a technical, technical director, advisor. isn't he? Or sport, yeah, bollocks. He's a sporting director, isn't he? Um, you don't bring someone in like that unless you want to you know, increase the recruitment drive a little bit. Um, Fabio on... Yeah, tough one, really. I think I think we'd be in a better position if we had him. I'm not saying we'd be, you know, mid-table or anything like that, but I think we'd probably be in a better position if we'd had him here. Yeah. Um, whether his development would have been better if he'd have been here is probably arguable because I think he needs like he needs to be mm-hmm. a top, uh, you know, a, a striker when they're developing needs to be at a team at the top of a league, whatever league that is, to you know, to 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 find the feet. I think and, and get a bit of confidence with goals so that it's working in that regard. Um, I'd keep it on the back burner as a last resort if, if we couldn't get anyone else in. Yeah, well, don't worry. Bell might come back fit. Um, we can... <laughs> <laughs> Probably can point to uh, talk about into, um, a bit of World Cup chat, lads, because I know Wolves aren't playing for six weeks, but it's going to be an awful lot of bloody football happening. Um, do either of you two guys have World Cup fever yet? Because I don't yet, and I'm really upset by it. Yeah, it's it's the whole the fact that it's nearly Christmas and we're talking about the World Cup just feels completely wrong to me. Um, it, it's difficult because we're in the throes of a miserable season to then switch gears completely and talk about international football for a month. It just it just feels wrong. I've, I I can't get over the fact that it's the middle of the season and we this is going on now. Yeah, it's surreal. It counts massively in our favour, though. I will say that. Yeah. I think this is this is huge. If we didn't have this, I'd be really worried. He's got six mm. weeks to work with him now, and he's got. And it, I think it's really good that not many of our players have gone. Yes. It, it, I th- he's got the whole defence to work with. Six yeah. weeks. He's got all of that back the back line to work with, barring Saar, and most of the forward players as well. To be fair, I mean, Jimenez is done. Um, we don't play that much, and I, I don't think it matters so much that Neves and Nunes aren't next. So they're going to fit in any system he plays, and yeah. It doesn't it doesn't matter that's so. sort of my logic I'm not necessarily mm. worried about Nevers not being around for the next six weeks because he's our best player by a country mile and mm. you know they say whether we go for however you dress it up in midfield whether it's a midfield three a midfield two a pivot a diamond any other football manager formation you can think of that I can drop in <laughs> it there'll be a place for Ruben Nevers and you could say it helps that They've worked together previously, right at the front end of Nevis's career. Um, but you're right, I think working with that defence is is vital, particularly, you say, for wing-backs, um, having that hopefully extra focus. With Wolves, though, there are a few players going, as we've said. Nunes is going, Nevis is going, Wang's going, Jimenez is going. You've got to hope so anyway, because he hasn't been here um, recently. But who are you interested to sort of see? Because I, I get a lot of... Look, I know Jimenez is still fond in a lot of Wolves fans' heart and always will be. And relationships aren't exactly... They're a bit rocky at the moment. 
But I would get so much joy if Neves, sorry, if, if Jimenez actually performed at this World Cup and scored a goal, being a Wolves player, scoring a goal in the World Cup. I think that'd be bloody fantastic. Well, yeah, I mean, I think it's good to bring it back, bring back a bit of form here. I can't see it personally, but um, no. yeah, in theory, any any player that performs well in the World Cup, you know what it's like. They they come back and they're full of beans. Um, so, mm. um, got to hope for that. So yeah, but I'll be keeping my eye on Portugal for obvious reasons. Um, yeah, and obviously mm. the 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 Wolves, the Wolves lads. But there's always some one or two just breakout players that I'm always fascinated by, and they come from some random country and they just you know come out come out of nowhere. So. I'm always interested to see what the next sort of, you know, you know Milan Barros is or whatever it is. Don't ask me why. <laughs> Genuinely, um, no, there, there is no explanation for this. I can see Quang getting a couple of goals. I don't even know if he actually starts, mm-hmm. you know, his first choice for South Korea. But because of World Cup tournament football being what it is, I can just imagine just getting the odd goal here and there. In just like, a couple of like really scrappy goals, and all of a sudden, you know, they're in the last 16 and he's got four goals. It's like, mm. how's that happened? And we have quite many. He's done quite well for um, career, though, hasn't he? Whenever he's gone over there and he's played a game, more often than not, we've heard positive things about his performances. And I think without Son being there, there's going to be a lot more onus on Plank. So I do think that there is a, a decent possibility that he'll. He'll get some game time and hopefully get a goal or two. And I think like he, he does need to get away from the club a little bit because we've got to the point with uh, with Wang where he could score a hat trick and he would still get abuse from some of our fans. So I think a break from the club will probably do him better than anyone else, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I'm interested. I, I, I'm interested to see. I think because of, I guess his lack of history in a way or very minimal compared to Neves who and 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 Jimenez who obviously there's been for so long I can't want him to do something to bring home but for you guys just out of curiosity who do you think is actually going to win the World Cup probably France probably France I think um well they're, they're just they've got such a strong team that it's always difficult to look past them personally. I'll go Brazil. Yeah, I, I was going to go Brazil. I mean, when when I looked at their squad, it was like, well, they've got a lot of good forwards, mm. and they've got a lot of good midfielders, and a lot of good defenders, and a weird amount of good goalkeepers as well. <laughs> it, it's so, like apart apart from the fact, I'm not thinking they've still managed to call up Danny Alves. Yeah. I think Amazing so. Thirty-nine yeah, years old. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Imagine having like Vinicius running at him in training. <laughs> I, I did see a wonderful. Uh, it, it might have actually been on Talksport. To be fair, saying you know, how bad was Emerson Royal be for um, Spurs that Daddy Alves at his age is getting in the Brazil squad ahead of him? Oh, he is. <laughs> he is fucking dreadful. The Spurs it, fans absolutely hate him. I think they cheered him off. I think yesterday. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he's absolute dog shit. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have him if we were in the championship. He, he's that he, bad. He make he does make us me feel better about our wing back options, which I appreciate a limited um, <laughs> best. So I know I'm, I'm hoping somehow in like the next week I really kind of get into that World Cup spirit. I don't know whether it's the weather or 
want to be honest. It just doesn't it doesn't quite have the same feel as yet. Maybe I'll feel different when you know there's three the games. Game start. It's when the games right? start, I think, yeah. isn't it? I think mm. they get a bit more excited and a bit more buzz about it. And I don't think it helps the venue, to be honest, for for a multitude <laughs> of reasons. But mm-hmm. I think the lack of football history as much as anything else. I'm not gonna go into you know the, the corruption or you know the mass deaths um as i say i'm not going to go into it as a just <laughs> dropping <this really. laughs> yeah. uh, before fan cast lawyers get on the phone to me but i think it doesn't help that there isn't it doesn't feel like there's that shared football history within anything whereas even with let's say i don't know um korea japan in 2002 yeah, there was a football culture there. It wasn't necessarily as widely known, but it kind of still went on. And I don't know. I think it just feels very sanitised. It, it's, it's just it feels a place political, of... doesn't it? It feels yeah. it's there for a political reason and a financial reason more so than to spread football around the world or whatever bollocks it... that Set Blaster came out <laughs> with before. It just feels like they found a plot of land to put 10 stadiums. Mm. It, 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 it's very it, cynical, isn't it? The whole thing. Yeah. Just, yeah. I don't think that's massively helping with a lot of people's no. view on the World Cup. And I think the the human rights element of, of, of a lot of it's, mm-hmm. I'd like to think, sort of thrown a bit of confusion. I'm trying to think of the right word, to be honest. But I think... It is making it hard for a lot of football fans to deliberate whether you should or shouldn't watch it, which is a really shitty thing for something mm. that can bring so much joy to so many people and, and to have to be making these moral, moral decisions off the back of it. But I feel like I've gone down a really heavy path where I didn't really want to. I just wanted, I just wanted to see if I could shoot on the word wang mania in, into conversation. So I'm going to just drag it back to silliness, to be honest. So, guys... Me, you, I say me, you guys, uh, Pricey and Matt, at the start of the seasons, we did a fancast prediction show, um, which hopefully you remember because it wasn't too long ago. And I know it's not, I know we're not halfway through the season, but I did think we're at a really kind of bookmarked point of the calendar. Um, And I kind of wanted thought, the other day I thought, I wonder how we all did. And then I remember I did something that I don't usually do. During the show, I actually made notes, and I don't usually do this. So, I'm when I was sorting out some files for work, I managed to find my Fancast Predictions Excel spreadsheet, and I thought, you know what would be fun? Seeing how we all did. So, I don't think that's fun. I, I, I think it's very fun. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, the predictions we had was it was final league position, but league position, player for season. Young player of the season, surprise player of the season, um, top goal scorer. Will Bruno be in charge all season? And first Twitter meltdown. So for those watching on YouTube, I've, I've, what I've tried to do is, I guess, put the most accurate answers there is at the moment. So obviously we're 20th at the moment. Are we all in agreement with Neves player of the season so far? Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, so. I, I, I couldn't think of anyone who was less deserving. Um, or more deserving even. Um, young player of the season, I know he's played five games, I've put down Bueno, and I've then put him down for the surprise player of the season. I think you could argue Traore could be in there 
for one of those categories, I'd, I'd, I'd happily take. Mm. Top goal scorer is Neves. Um, Bruno, no, he is not in charge. First Twitter meltdown. I didn't have an exact date for this. Um, I just put it was very quickly. I, I, I couldn't quite yeah. pinpoint when it was, to be honest. But I thought that kind of lays a bit of groundwork just to make sure we're all caught up on where we were. So, what did we say? Now, I know, Tom, you, you, were, you were smiling at one of them because you did actually um, pick... I got one, one right. <laughs> yeah, so, I, I've put on, on um, for anyone on YouTube, our, our rough answers. So, um, I thought, I don't think I necessarily still do, me and Andy, me and you thought the same. We thought Wolves would finish ninth. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, not off by this moment. Oh, it's a bit off at the minute. Yeah. There's still time. There's still time there, Rick. Yeah, we, we, we can climb. We can climb. Um, yeah. Adam had 10th. Tom, you had 11th. Matt had 13th. So Matt's currently currently <laughs> nearest out of, um, you know, somehow. Um, top goal scorer, uh, me, Matt and Andy. Uh, we all went for Jimenez for around 10 to 15 goals. Could still happen. Still um, I mean, Tom, you said 10 for Neto. Um, yeah, and that's not any better, is it? Neto, so, yeah, we, none of us have done particularly well on that one. Player for season, um, me, Andy, Anton. Hey, we all we all got for hat-trick of Neves. Um, a couple of the other shouts were for Neto and Kilman. Um, so, yeah, I think we, we did all right on that one, I think. Um so that was that was good. Young player for season, Tom. You were the only. Well, you had two, um, but we'll give it. We'll, we'll give it. You said you said eight Nori or maybe Bueno. So I think that that deserves kudos. Um, me and Matt went for Chen Campbell. Adam went for eight Nori, and Andy went Gibbs White. Who, yeah. to be fair, has probably been performing better than all of. Them. Scored of the weekend. Yeah. He did. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was going to say, I, I, I'm no better because in terms of the surprise player, um, four of us went for Donk, Matt, Tom, Adam and Andy. And I went Morgan Gibbs White. So I guess the surprise was they both left. Yeah. yeah. And again, uh, both of them have done really well for their respective clubs now. So yeah. like, then Donk has been getting uh, applauded off the pitch. He used yeah. to get booed off. Like, yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Um, I thought that Bruno would make it through the season um, at the start of the campaign, mm. and so did Matt. But I don't think Tom and Andy. I don't think either of you two did from from memory. Um, I'm not sure, did, but I, th- I think I said that. He w- next year. Yeah, I yeah. think I did the same. I think I said he'd go in between seasons. I think to be fair. Yeah. So I think. Um, yeah, and the most did great on that one. And, and meltdown, I think we all had varying between basically a month and before the World Cup. Um, I don't think we've hit full toxicity levels in terms of Wolves Twitter, but we've we've not quite gone to Noble Wolves, but we're getting there. We're getting there. <laughs> um, the other side we had was um, uh, for the Premier League predictions as well. So we had the uh, champions, well, top of the league at this point, relegation zone, top goal scorer, our surprise team, either way, so whether it's positive or negative. And um, one thing you'd love to see, which doesn't, we still got time on that one. Again, so champions, 
if the season ended today, would be Arsenal, relegated three, would be Forest, Southampton and us, unfortunately. Uh, top goal score, Haaland, uh, surprise team, I've wrote down three, so Arsenal, positively, Newcastle, positively, you could say, I mean, I think people, some people thought mm-hmm. they'd do well, not everybody thought they'd do well. Um, just, no, just they to, did not. <laughs> just, just a um, and uh, West Ham, I think, have probably surprised a few people by how poor they've been this season. So, in terms of fan cast predictions, we all put down Man City to be champions. Um, in terms of relegated three, between the five of us, we only actually put down three teams. Uh, sorry, we only put down five teams. Bournemouth, Brentford, Leeds, Everton and Southampton. So I'll tell you what, I don't think we've, we're not doing too shabby um, in terms of those teams. None of, none of us have dropped a complete clanger just yet. Brentford, you could argue, yeah, might be a bit of a poor shout, but I don't know. I think, I still think, you know, there's, a bit of likelihood around Bournemouth and Southampton, definitely. None of us went for Haaland's top goal score, despite us all predicting that Man City would win the league. I think it's just because he's going to be rotated out. I was just adamant he's going to be mm, rotated yeah. so much more than he has been. I mean, he might yeah. be back into the season when the Champions League goes deep, but that was my thinking. It's interesting because um, Martin in the YouTube comments said his surprise team was Fulham, and mm. none of us put down Fulham or Forest actually, despite none of neither of us predicting them to get relegated despite, you know, Fulham's history with coming up and, you know, yo-yoing back down, um, so to speak. Uh, in terms of surprise team, so I, I had Arsenal as my surprise team, so that that's my little my well little win. Um, Matt and Tom, you guys had Spurs to do well, um, which... I think they're pretty much yeah, right. they're sort of on course for where you'd expect them to be. Um, Adam had less to be poor, which I think up until two weeks ago, well, up until they played us, was was a fair shout. And Andy, you had Newcastle to be poor. Mm-hmm. I, I thought Newcastle were going to properly Newcastle it up like they always seem to. But things have really clicked there very, very well. And I don't think they've got a lot of players going to the World Cup either. So I think they're going to be in for a, a very good second half of the season after this second pre-season that they're going to get. Yeah, they, they've really surprised me. Yeah, they, they seem to have really stepped up. To eat. I thought they'd be challenging eighth rather than challenging, well, top four at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, do you guys want a revisit as one surprise thing you'd love to see happen? Just just because I don't think we've actually ticked any of them off at the moment, but I think I don't know. My mine, I think the tide's turning on mine. It is going. It is going. So um I had a goalkeeper to score. So that, I think I usually come second half of the season anyway, so I'm, mm. I'm still holding out hope. Uh, Matt had Wolves to be the highest Midlands team. I think we're still in the realms of possibility. Um Tom, you had media to turn on Klopp. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. getting that way. I think. Yeah, I think a couple more defeats, and we could have. He's getting really, it. really spiky. Yeah, really spiky. He's not taking anything at the moment. Yeah, that harm and that deep Mahaman thing was mm. an interesting one. He really lost it with that, which I didn't get either. No, I, I mean, I don't particularly like Klopp to be honest. So it, he's already lost me. 
but it'll be interesting if if there's a wider narrative shift around him. But he still feels he's got a bit of that backing, hasn't he? Um, Adam had squirrel on the pitch. Um, I've not been keeping up with fox um, with pitch page. Oh, yeah. so no squirrel watch for me, unfortunately. And Andy, I don't know what you had against Newcastle this day, uh, but you had Eddie Howe to get sunburnt. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's probably when he had to visit the uh, the evil overlords at some point. <laughs> uh, so I, th- I don't think we're doing too awful. I mean, top goal score, we've we've dropped a clanger, haven't we, lads? Um, but mm-hmm. and league position as well. But I think on the whole, we're not we're not doing too shabby. I think um, we've had our midpoint review. We're not having any mulligans or anything. So but we'll pick it up at the end of the season and see. If we've managed to get any close with, you know, frankly, any Wolves players have scored um, at this rate. We've got a couple of questions from Quick Corner for you both guys. So, uh, John T uh, asks, does Hulen see that performance of a back five with players at disposal and think this is the way forward this season? Or does he back himself in, re- in recruitment to go for four uh, from January onwards? I mean... Hmm. Do you see us sticking or twisting on four or five? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, he's never he's never never played a five, has he? I don't think wherever he's been, it was always Not as four. Far as I'm, aware. I'm sure. It's yeah, um, I think he needs to decide in these six weeks because he can't change system come January. Um, yeah, he'll have to assess the players, think of, you know, see what if, if he thinks they're good enough. I don't, I don't think he can judge it just on last night. I think he has to see him in training and, and make a call based on that. Um, it's a tough one. But we've only got three, we've got three centre-halves, really. I'm scared if you're counting him. It's a bit of a risk. So if he's going for three at the back, he needs to get another one in. I think he arguably needs to get another one in anyway. Um, so, yeah, I think it would be a case of just seeing what happens what happens pre-season. But I think whatever he decides in pre-season, he probably needs to stick to because I think he just, he's just he got to get this six weeks just to drum in his ideas into the players and, and probably don't deviate from it, really. I don't think he's got time to experiment when the league season hits. No, I think he, he does need to call fame, just make a decision quickly and be backed on it. And I almost don't mind if it's a fourth of the back. Or if it's a five at the back, I think either way we, we do need reinforcements, whether it's in the central area or out wide, to really solidify things. Because um, you know you saw with Newcastle that I know they did bring in Dan Burns, who uh, and they uh, basically replaced their entire back four. But I don't think Dan Burns is the was the game changer in that formation. It's only Kieran Trippier. Mm-hmm. who re- actually helps solidify him at the back as much as he offers going forwards. So maybe something like but there's a different catalyst that's not necessarily replacing the centre-halves. Um, and Andy, how about you? Do you think, have you got sort of a bit of a sway on this at the moment? I, I think it's obviously going to come down to where we are come the 31st of January, to be honest. I think he will want to go with four at the back because obviously as far as we're aware anyway, he will then be, you know, playing his way, which is this back four. But if he doesn't get the players in, in January, then I, I, I wouldn't be massively surprised to see him switch between the two, depending on the opposition. Um, but he, I, I thought we needed an extra centre-half, you know, when Bruno was here. I still think we need at least one centre-half now. Um and I still think we need another full-back as well, because both Johnny and Samado have been dog shit this season. 
So that that defence needs some reconstruction for me. Definitely. Uh, last question, guys. Nice one to end on. I'm not going to lie. Um, from Martin, um, what one thing in football um, that lots of people love, but you take the uh, Cheryl Crow position of it not impressing you much? It could be skill, stadium player, coach, etc. For him, it's a Potenka penalty. <laughs> So Isn't that that's Shania Twain. It is. I know. I know. Yeah. It's yeah. yeah. It, he let himself down. But it's a good question. <laughs> it, it is, is a great question. question. Um, mine is I, I hate the non-apology, no, the apology celebration against your former club. Don't oh, mind you yeah. not celebrating. Mm. You know, score whatever. I don't like the apologising for scoring part of a celebration no mm. just you, you nah that, that it don't sit right with me and you'll get some goal oh, fair play well done no i either, either be professional and you know if you love the club so much you feel the need to apologize don't fucking leave in the first place is what i'm saying <laughs> i didn't realize it got me so angry but yeah that, that's um mm. that's mine one that one thing that annoys me, uh, with goals anyway, when an opposition player scores a, a great goal against you and then you applaud it. So Tielemans, like, that fucks me <laughs> off. Like, I'm not applauding your goal. You've just scored against us. I'm offended. Uh, the one that doesn't impress <laughs> me, though, um, a last-ditch tackle. All that tells me is you're not a good enough defender to be in the right place at the right time that you've had to slide to win the ball back. So that doesn't impress me. That's just bad defensive work. Good. I think Gully will appreciate me for saying that. I, I do. I do. I, I do. I've, I've got a lot of time for that. For, for recovery tackle. Yeah. Yeah. Don't like it. Um, um, uh, yeah, I can get on board with that. Yeah, Gully had a good one for that. I think I saw in the comments. It was like it was a crossfield, cross a crossfield pass to someone yeah. just wide open. It's like, well, yeah. Yeah, I sat down. I don't know if I could do it, but well, bloody hell! Like we had enough players who couldn't do that when we were shit. So. Uh, I don't know one for me is probably like a goal line clearance where it's literally just hit them like they've not done anything they've just yeah. stood there and it's just whacked them oh, that, 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 I mean I'm not taking anything away from it because I, I loved it at the time do you remember the Jota one was it last season against Cody yes. when he just absolutely wailed it at him and like Cody there's no way Cody's reacting it just happened to be in the way <laughs> Yeah, and we all went mental um, probably just because it was Jota but yeah that, that's one thing where it's literally like the, they've done nothing they've just got hit by the ball Um. But yeah, you've got, I suppose you've got to be there to block it. Definitely. Um, I was going to say, anyone got any advances of things that annoy you in football, but not necessarily other people? Let us know, because I'm assuming you'll be in safe, safe haven here at the Fancast. But that is it for today's show. Um, I'll be brutally honest, I'm not quite sure when the next show is going to be. Hopefully we'll um, be putting out a bit of content, content over the next couple of weeks anyway during the World Cup break, whether it's walls based, whether it's, I don't know, film wise with football um, film stuff um, or even maybe some World Cup stuff. Not quite sure yet, but we'll of course keep you up to date as always. But we will of course be back uh, properly, officially talking about walls in a few weeks where we get to cover Chillingham. <laughs> Gemma spoke about almost like a really good chance to get into a quarter final of the tournament. I know. I know. We mm. Can't even get excited about it because no, not, not yet. 
and there's, there's even talk at the moment, not even in the quarterfinals yet, going, would you take a cup? Would you take the League Cup for relegation? And it's like, no, we look, can we at least get cemented in one of those positions first before we're like chancing away one of those two things? Yeah. Let's. <laughs> Because there's a good chance we'll get relegated and not win the cup. Yeah. yeah statistically, <laughs> that's where we're headed yeah. at the moment. Yeah. So that's most let, likely, isn't let, it? Let's, let's yeah. not have the hypotheticals just yet. Um, big <laughs> thank you to everyone who's tuned in live and listened um, oh, and watched back. It, your support has been so appreciated over the first few months of this season please make sure you keep up to date with all things Wolves Fancast on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram it's at Wolves Fancast um, and big shouts out to our sponsors Pixel Yeti Media and being part of the 90 Min Football Network as well until next time though it's goodbye from Tom keep the face, see ya it's goodbye from Andy See you later, everyone. And it's goodbye for me. See you next time.